Lecture topic: Protection from apostasy. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladin astafa. Amma baadu faaudu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahi al-Rahman al-Rahim. ذلك فضل الله يؤتيه من يشاء والله واسع عليم صدق الله العظيم most respected علماء الكرام brothers and elders in sight of the quran sharif allah taala has mention two groups the one group that allah taala has mentioned is the group that is referred to as the ahlur ridda and the other group in opposite opposite to this group allah taala has mentioned are the ahlul mahabba this ayat of the quran sharif allah taala says ya ayyuhal ladina amanu o you who believe those who already have accepted iman those who have already been blessed with the greatest wealth the whole universe put together on one side cannot even be compared to the extent of a fraction in comparison to this wealth of iman because the whole universe will perish kullu man alayha fan wa yabqa wajhu rabbika dhul jalali wal ikram but the iman will then take this person to the jannat of eternity the eternal jannat the jannat where everything is forever and the greatest bounty of jannat is the pleasure of allah taala so how can something that is going to perish ever be compared to something that will take one to the eternal bounties of jannah and the greatest bounty in jannah being the pleasure of allah tabarak wa taala allah taala will announce to the jannatis in jannah uhillu alaykum uhillu alaykum ridwani fala askhatu alaykum ba'dahu abada that after they had been blessed with so many bounties of jannah allah will one day ask them that what do you want more so they will say what more can we ask for you've blessed us with this and this and this eventually allah taala will say to them i am now announcing my perpetual pleasure for you and i will never ever be displeased with you and it is mentioned in the hadith sharif that the joy and happiness that the jannatis will experience out of this declaration will be greater than every other nimat of jannat so the iman that allah taala has blessed us with that is the ticket to this jannat so there is nothing that can be compared to this iman that allah taala has blessed us with allah is addressing those people who have been blessed with this greatest wealth 
And he knows Billah loses it on the way. So Allah Taala says, "Ya yuhaladina amanu, mayyar tadda minkum an dini." Whoever reneges from among you from his deen, whichever mu'min knows Billah forsakes his iman. So he had been blessed with this greatest bounty, greatest wealth, but he didn't appreciate it, didn't realize its value. Didn't realize that this is the only ticket to Jannat. Without this, they can never ever be any entry into Jannat. This is the declaration of Allah Tabaraka wa Taala. So he didn't appreciate it, didn't value it, lost it on the way. Allah Taala says, "Whoever reneges, fasawfa yatilahu bi qawmi yuhibbuhum wa yuhibbuna." So Allah Taala says, "Whoever becomes part of the Ahlul Ridda." Whoever becomes from the group of those who renege, this is the Ahlul Ridda. The two groups mentioned in this ayat. So one is the Ahlul Ridda, those who renege, those who forsake their iman, those who abandon this greatest wealth Allah has blessed them with. Allah Taala says, whoever chooses to go into this path, they don't harm Allah Taala in any way. Allah Taala is not harmed and not. In any way, does this decrease anything in the treasures of Allah Taala? Allah Taala is independent of His entire creation. Whoever becomes part of the Ahlul Ridda, Allah Taala says, "Fasawfa yatilahu biqoum." Soon Allah will bring another, not one person, an entire nation in place, and people who would be such, yuhibbuhum wa yuhibbuna. They will love Allah, and Allah will love them. This is the second group that is mentioned in this ayat. The one group was the Ahlul Ridda, and opposite to them, Allah refers to the Ahlul Mahabba. The Ahlul Ridda, people who have reneged. The Ahlul Mahabba, those who are vested with the Muhabbat of Allah Taala, those whose hearts are infused with the love of Allah Taala. Now these are the opposites, like day and night. So the day, the Ahlul Mahabba, and the night, the darkness of the Ahlul Ridda. So it's not going to be possible to have day and night at the same time. It's going to be day or night. So Allah Taala is saying that those who renege, they don't harm Allah Taala in any way. They harm themselves. Allah will bring many others. The tragic things we hear from time to time, every other day, Allah forbid. This person, Nausbilla, reneged. He became an atheist, and this person went in this direction, and so many things of this nature are heard. This two cars blocking one is a Corolla Verso ND. ND nine zero nine two three. Kia, Kia. Kia, please remove these vehicles. Should not be obstructing anybody. Always, please 
make sure we don't obstruct anyone before we sit in the program. So, in this ayat Allah Ta'ala has mentioned the Ahl al-Mahabba in opposition to the Ahl al-Ridda. So what we are talking about is that we keep hearing these tragic things from time to time. That Nauzubillah, this person now did this, that this person now became an atheist, this person started openly declaring that he's adopted a lifestyle of Allah knows best, whatever to call it. And not just a person became an open so-called gay, but he's now calling it something that is permissible Nauzubillah which is nothing lesser than kufr. So on the one side, from time to time, all these ajeeb things keep coming to light. Allah Ta'ala protect us and safeguard us, and safeguard our progeny till Qiyamah. But then sometimes we hear the other side of it also. One person called today, he is in another province, in a very comparatively poor area. Muslims are few in number many Christian churches all around, 11 Christian churches around one masjid, meaning in that overall area. So in any case, he's teaching in one maktab there, not an alim, he's teaching in a maktab, and because of the nature of the area and the kind of community that is there, so many children come to the maktab, they are enrolled, many come even without their parents, they just come, they want to join the maktab, so they enrolled. There's not too many questions asked because of the nature of the situation. Sometimes people get a bit offended, sometimes embarrassed, whatever. So there were many children, the mothers are already learning. So recently got a call from one of the mothers. So the mother is saying, I want to bring it to your attention. There's these two young children that are in your school. So now she's calling it a school because that's the word she can use that they are not Muslim and they are my children she is a Christian and now she is saying to the Ustad of these children, one is 10 years old, one is 13 that they are defying their parents and coming to their school we beat them to not go but they are still defying us and going and he says that they are there from the beginning of the year, it's half the year gone not one indication we could pick up that they are coming from a home that has nothing to do with Islam. Learning everything, learning all the a'mal, the surahs, du'as, they are practicing whatever they can. Parents are obviously a very big obstacle in their path. But now for some reason, after such amount of time passed, the parent decided to call and say that, I just want to bring it to your attention, this is what's happening. Well, they never said anything beforehand, the children said nothing. But these children are so passionate about coming to Madrasa and learning Deen and learning whatever is being taught to them, says very, very bright and picking up everything very quickly. And despite the fact that the parents are using force against them, beating them, and by their own admission. Now this is that old story about Islam spread by the sword. Now which sword is bringing these children? Parents are actually beating them to stay away from Madrasa. But that love of Iman has come deep down in the heart. Despite the parents, whatever their issues are, these little children are still coming. Now this is that ayat of the Quran Sharif that flashed through the mind at that time as this person was talking. That Allah Ta'ala has already declared this long ago. 
This Iman is not anybody's personal achievement. It's not anybody's legacy and inheritance that it just came because so and so had it, so it came as an inheritance. It's purely Allah Ta'ala's gift. Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat. And this is the only ticket to Jannat. All the fancy ideas that are being pushed out there, that all the rivers flow to the ocean, which is meant to give the false message that regardless of what you follow and which creed and religion you might be following, you'll finally get to the ocean. That is all just for the sake of words. There's no reality to it. It's all just meant to confuse people and to put people in a deception and to make them become very lax in what they're doing. Well, if all the rivers are going to flow into the ocean, so even if Na'uzubillah, a person now thinks to himself that even if, it, if I don't become something else, but nevertheless, I'm also flowing in the same ocean. Doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter what I do, what I don't do, how I do it, what I don't do. Doesn't matter. Everything is fine. Life will carry on. Whereas in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala has right from the beginning till the end repeatedly given us the message, Inna ladina amanu wa amilus salihat. Those who have iman and amal saliha in their lives. And they continue in this pattern till the end. Allah Ta'ala out of his fuzzle will take them directly to Jannat. And Allah forbid otherwise a person, if he went to the Iman, he'll go direct, he'll go to Jannat sooner or later. But Allah forbid he might have to go through the cleansing process of Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala save us. So in this ayat Allah Ta'ala mentions the Ahlul Riddha first. That those who don't have the appreciation of this Iman, they take it lightly, they just take it casually, come what may, then Allah Ta'ala is not in need of anybody. And they don't harm Allah Ta'ala in any way. Now one is the totally blatant religion that takes place. Totally blatant. When Auzubillah as one two examples we discussed, a person openly and blatantly forsakes Iman, Auzubillah Himin Zalik, that is very blatant. That person too openly says Auzubillah that he is no more in Iman. But then there's another more subtle reneging that takes place as well. Subtle forsaking of Iman, Allah Ta'ala protect us. And the danger in this is, such people don't even realize sometimes where they finished off. They have reneged, but still regarding themselves as Muslim. Still feel within themselves they have their Iman. And as mentioned right at the beginning, this is the only ticket to Jannat. Without this, there is no entry into Jannat. So now this is a more dangerous situation that a person sometimes is thinking that he is fine, whereas he is far from it. Now this is what is referred to as the the Zihni Irtidad, very great scholar of the recent past, Hazrat Mawla Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi Rahimahullah, he wrote a book on this, on this subject. And he titled it Riddatun Wala Aba Bakrin Laha. Riddatun Wala Aba Bakrin Laha. That there's a flood of reneging. But there's no Abu Bakr standing in his way. And he was referring to the incident after Rasulullah left this dunya. And at that time, there were those tribes that were far away from Madinah Munawwara. And many of them had only come into Islam after the conquest of Makkah. And now they saw this power that now has come up 
So many had just come to try and safeguard their worldly interests. Many of these tribes that came from far away only on that occasion, Allah Ta'ala Himself declares in the Quran Sharif, Qalatil A'rabu Amanna, Kullam Tu'minu, Walakin Kulu Aslamna, Walamma Yadhulil Imanu Fi Kulubikum. That these Arab, these Bedouins that have come from far and wide suddenly, now in the time after the conquest of Makkah, shortly before the Nabi Islam left this dunya, and they came and now they're declaring, we also brought Iman. Allah Ta'ala says, don't say you brought Iman. Don't say you brought Iman. Walakin Kulu Aslamna, just say we've become subservient. We've become obedient to the Islamic rule that has now come into place. Because Iman hasn't yet gone into the depths of your heart. So it was generally these people living on the outskirts, far away, and who had just come shortly and gone, came mainly just to safeguard their interests. Now when Nabi Islam left this dunya, they reneged. Some refused to give zakat, said, no, no, this no more we're going to give. They had never fully come into Islam. That Bashashatul Iman, that heart totally accepting that Iman hadn't happened. It was very surface. And that to Allah Ta'ala is Himself saying in the Quran Sharif, don't even claim this. You rather just say Aslamna. So, in any case, now they started reneging, many of them, many refused to give zakat. Abu Bakr had been appointed the Khalifa already, and he declared jihad against all these tribes. But that was a very, very critical moment in Medina Munawwara. Because all the enemies of Islam were now looking at Medina Munawwara with very wide eyes and they were already looking with great amount of uh, hope in themselves that they will now be able to launch an attack and crush the Muslims because they have just now been shaken by the demise of Rasulullah Perhaps they have become weakened by this. This is the time now to attack. So now there were already these things happening on the sides that this the enemies from various directions are beginning to start plotting and planning. So Sahaba Ikram, we all of the view that put this on the side now. There's no urgency for this. Because right now the need is to protect Madina Munawara. And now if all the Sahaba are sent out to wage jihad against these people who have reneged, Madina Munawara will be left without anybody to defend it. Umar he also felt the same initially. Abu Bakr comes to him and he hits him in his chest with force. He says to him, Ajabbarun fil jahiliya wa fil Islam. You were a mighty fellow in the times of jahiliyat. In the days of ignorance, you were a very mighty fellow. Nobody could dare come and look at you in the eye. Now you've become a coward. But this was that tap on the chest he gave him. Allah Ta'ala opened out the heart of Umar as well. That no, what Abu Bakr is saying, this is the right thing. And eventually, with many details of the incident, all the Sahaba then came onto the same view, what you are saying is right. We are with you. You give the command and we are with you. That was initially they thinking that look, this is now, what is the urgency now, what is the priority now but Abu Bakr now felt that no, this is not the issue right now right now the issue is that the flood of religion that has taken place this must be stopped in its tracks 
This must be stopped in its tracks. This is the highest priority right now. And even if this means we have to leave Medina Munawara exposed, this is still the priority. And that's what he did. Now this is what Hazrat Ali was referring to. Riddatun wala Aba Bakrin laha. There's a religion taking place. There's no Abu Bakr standing in his way. And this religion, then he went into detail the various kinds of religion. And one is the zihni irtidad, this intellectual apostasy. Person is believing he's a Muslim, but he has religious. For example, how many a person is there that when it comes to the aspect of inheritance and the command Allah Ta'ala has given that the distribution of the estate will happen in a certain way and then if there's sons and daughters for example the sons will get a double share compared to the daughter now this is the command of Allah Ta'ala لِذَّكَرِ مِثْلُ حَظِّ الْأُنْسَيَيْنِ but نَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ ثُمَّ نَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ you'll get people claiming to be Muslim and very voiceless about certain things in terms of in, on behalf of Muslims also but نَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ will make statements that this is not unfair so this is unfair so who is unfair? Calling Allah Ta'ala unfair na'uzubillah. Allah's command this is. So now what has happened to the person's iman? By this statement what has happened to the iman? The iman is gone. Until that person doesn't renew their iman, they can make a thousand sajdas. They can make a hundred hajj. They can keep fast every day of the year. And they can make tahajjud every night. And can make a khatam every day. But if that Iman is not renewed, that person is still out of the pale of Islam. The person is a murtad. Allah forbid if moth comes in that condition, then there is no entry into Jannah. That's perpetually the disaster of Jahannam for the person. Because it's rejecting an ayat of the Quran Sharif. Until that hasn't changed, that belief hasn't been corrected. There's no Iman. How many times when there's some discussion somewhere and people now are talking in certain circles and now somebody has brought up the issue of but the Quran says that the hand of the thief must be cut. Now some start making some ajeeb statements and start making no, no, this is not no more applicable now in this time and age. So Allah Ta'ala's law was only applicable for a certain time, not for another time. Which, by which ayat of the Quran Sharif, which proves this has been abrogated? Is there anything? These are just some examples, there are so many things of this nature where people have gone far away from deen, they have lost their iman because of the statements they have made due to the rejection of ayat of the Quran Sharif. The person is quite comfortable within himself, I am still fine, everything is okay, life is carrying on. Whereas life is not just carrying on, life is carrying on, na'uzu billah, without iman, if that belief is not corrected. So this is that very major problem and especially in the times that we are living in every other day there's some fitna or the other so now people are being whether it's right from the very elementary levels children are barely gone to even grade one yet and already the brainwashing is taking place so that that child must grow up to if he doesn't do certain things up to him but he must grow up saying there is nothing wrong with it there's nothing wrong with the gay lifestyle he must grow up saying that. That must he must say. So he must say there's nothing wrong. Allah Ta'ala has said is haram. 
Allah Ta'ala has said it's totally and a, the worst disgusting sin but he must grow up saying there's nothing wrong with it na'uzubillah so Allah Ta'ala is saying something and he must grow up saying something against what Allah Ta'ala is saying that religion must start from that level already he's not even mukallaf yet but the seeds of this kufr must already be planted in his heart now especially when we are in this kind of zamana and time in this type of era and iman is our only safeguard and iman is the ticket to jannah and without iman there is no entry to jannah now how much effort has to be made from every angle to protect this iman and to safeguard ourselves our children our progenies to come from all these fitnas and this attacks on iman now in this ayat of the quran sharif allah ta'ala mentions the ahle riddat first ya ayyuhalladhina amanu mayyartadda minkum an deeni allah ta'ala says if you decide to take this route you harm nobody but yourself allah ta'ala is not in need of anyone allah will create others fasawfa ya'ti allahu biqawmi yuhibbuhum wa yuhibbuna now the ahle riddat in opposition to them allah has mentioned the ahlul mahabba the message in this that the safeguard from riddat is mahabbat that you'll never have it will never happen that a person whose heart is infused with the mahabbat of allah taala he'll become a murtad there might be amal in a person's life but if he's devoid of mahabbat still he's in great danger because if that mahabbat is not there in the manner and to the extent that it is required that minimum amount that is required otherwise some degree of mahabba is in the heart of every mu'min otherwise there is no iman it is obvious every mu'min has mahabba in his heart but what is the level of it if it is not to a certain minimum level so mashallah he might have a lot of amal in his life but when the crunch comes he will start blurting out things that will take his iman away he will be sitting suddenly in a situation where now the inheritance has to be distributed but it's not coming his way allah forbid what he might say because the mahabba is not there to the extent that it should be there and that mahabba is not there to the extent that it should be there that submission and level of submission will not be as required where he sees some benefit for himself well and good if he sees the benefit going away in a different direction suddenly he'll forget but i'm allah's servant i'm allah's slave I was submit to what Allah Ta'ala is going to be pleased with. When the mahabba is deficient, the submission will be deficient. So Allah Ta'ala mentioned the Ahlul Mahabba. The people who are the true lovers of Allah Ta'ala. Allah will bring them in place of those who have reneged. Allah will bring such people who have His love. Allah Ta'ala didn't just mention He'll bring the Musalleen, He'll bring the Sa'imeen, he'll bring the mutahajjideen those who will perform tahajjud the whole night the ahlul mahabba will do all this person who has the mahabba of allah taala this will be all part and parcel of his life allah taala mentions this distinguishing aspect about them so now this is the crucial thing that has to be developed that has to be worked for it has to be struggled for that mujahada will have to be made for it so that this mahabba keeps growing now there are many many things that grow this mahabbat of allah tabaraka wa taala among those very many aspects just to mention two things for today one is 
the extent that a person makes mujahada to suppress the haram desires, the temptations of haram. Every time that he is suppressing and crushing the desire of haram for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Not because somebody else is going to now just perhaps notice what is going on. Somebody might stumble onto it. Or now is not the safe time. Then that is not for Allah Ta'ala. That is for dunya. That is to safeguard one's dunya. And that is all just part of shaitan's plans. Or how to try and keep one's tax covered so that he can get more involved in another time. For the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, whether in public or whether in privacy. The one of the pious people, I can't remember the whose statement this is, that one, one statement of his was that at least do that much in privacy as you do in public in good deeds. The extent of good deeds you do in public, at least do so much in privacy also. Because you want to do it for Allah Ta'ala. So when in public you could do it with ease, so why is it now so difficult when you are alone? For in public you could stay away from so many things with ease. You could keep your gaze down also in the presence of certain people. In the presence of people you could keep very great control over how you use your phone as well. You're traveling with certain type of people now in certain circles, then now you have become suddenly very cautious and very conscious. So if you could have been cautious and conscious in public, then at least be that extent of caution that you adopted in public, adopted in privacy also. Then now there's some balance. That now this is happening for Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, one is that the extent a person will keep crushing the haram desires, every temptation to look in the wrong place, and he crushed it for Allah Ta'ala. That means Allah is watching. Allah is aware. Every word that was impermissible, that was on the tip of his tongue, every vulgarity, every obscenity, and he held it back, not for anything else, not who some, somebody else might overhear, in whose presence he might be embarrassed to speak like that. He wasn't embarrassed to speak to his wife like that, but he was embarrassed to speak to somebody else, or somebody else must overhear him, the neighbors must get to know. So now he withheld himself for the neighbors, so the neighbor is more important to him but that Allah is all knowing. So now for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure he held it back no matter who hears or doesn't hear. For Allah Ta'ala's pleasure he refrained the ears from listening to that which Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. Every step of the way that this happens that he is crushing these haram desires solely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. May Allah is away. Allah is watching. Allah knows. Each time this is generating a very great amount of mahabba in the heart and is bringing great qurb towards Allah Ta'ala because for who is he doing it provided he is doing it for Allah Ta'ala this will keep bringing him closer to Allah Ta'ala so this is one very important aspect that we have to keep making an effort for and this is across the board in all aspects of life the second thing which Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Quran Sharif قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ the crux of all this is that to the extent there will be ittiba and following of Rasulullah to that extent the muhabbat of Allah will be achieved and Allah will love one Allah will love you so this is a sign of the love for Allah that a person has ittiba of Rasulullah 
is following in the Mubarak footsteps of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and this will bring the love of Allah Ta'ala to him now this we talk about following the Sunnah but what is this following of Sunnah? following of Sunnah in this context is following the lifestyle of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in this is the Farz also that this was part of Nabi Sallallahu life so at the time of the first to fulfill the farz and to fulfill the wajib and to fulfill the sunnahs of Rasulullah and to fulfill the mustahabbat and the nawafil as much as one can this is all sunnah in the context of this word being the way of life of Rasulullah and then to fulfill all this in the sunnah manner to fulfill the farz in the sunnah manner but to fulfill the farz in the sunnah manner so to fulfill the farz for example to go into sajda is farz in salah so now to fulfill that farz in the sunnah manner how must a person's feet be at that time while in sajda for example where must his gaze be in sajda on the tip of his nose how must his fingers be placed when he is in sajda must be put together in line with his earlobes with the tip of the tongue, uh, thumb in line with his earlobe now that's fulfilling the farz this is part of some of the aspects fulfilling the farz in the sunnah manner fulfilling the sunnah in the sunnah manner for example a person making takbir at tahrima so now he raised his hands halfway somewhere facing almost each other to raise the hands to the ears before well, at the time of Sakbir al-Tahrima is Sunnah but did he fulfill the Sunnah in the Sunnah manner the Sunnah is that the palms must face the Qibla the fingers must be in the natural position the thumbs are in line with the earlobe and the tips of the fingers are in line with the upper part of the ear now these are fulfilling so many ahadith at the same time Hiza'a, Shahmata Udunay, Furu'a Udunay, various different ahadith. Now, this is fulfilling the Sunnah in the Sunnah manner. Now he will become the Mahbub of Allah Ta'ala. So, fulfilling the Sunnah is required in the Sunnah manner. Fulfilling the Sunnah of every aspect of life. Our pious predecessors in Aslaf were so particular about it. Mashallah, many a person does this, this has become like quite natural now, but it became natural because people learnt it from somewhere. And then got passed on. And despite for many it becomes natural, sometimes they still make a mistake in it too. Hazrat Mawashid Ahmad Gangoi was known to be very, very particular about fulfilling everything in the Sunnah manner. One day as he was stepping out of the masjid, people suddenly noticed that he is stepping out of the masjid. The masjid at that time unlike we have now, mashallah, you come out of the door, it's still well tiled and everything is clean and you can walk bare feet on it too, it won't matter, you're wearing your socks too, it won't bother you but they, the door of the masjid, or the boundary of the masjid and there is sand and I go to step out on the sand and somebody came and placed his shoes right there at the door so now normally you step out and now get to the shoes so you step out with the left foot, which is the sunnah manner and then go and wear your shoes, put on the right foot first now somebody came and placed it right at the border of the masjid this is now the shoes so how is he going to now 
do both things. Leave the masjid with the left foot, but make sure that the right foot goes first into the shoes. So to the amazement, he almost naturally, without giving it a second thought, took his left foot out of the masjid, placed it on top of the left shoe, then first put his right foot into the right shoe, and then wore his left shoe. Now many people, mashallah, practice on it, but the first time that people observed it being done in this manner, in our circles coming down to us, came from his legacy. That this is how he combined it. How this combination of both sunnahs happened almost naturally, because it was this jazba of sunnah in them. Everything must happen in the sunnah manner. The sunnahs must be performed in the sunnah manner also. Now this is the safeguard of iman, because this will make a person from among the ahl muhabbat yuhibbuhum wa yuhibbuna. And then what is their quality? What Allah Taala speaks about them? People who have this muhabbat in them, people who are the true lovers of Allah Taala, azillatin ala al-mu'minin, aizzatin ala al-kafirin. Allah Taala says they have unique qualities in them. The first unique quality about them is they are very, very humble with the believers. Very humble with the believers. Not those believers only who are strangers to them. Even the believers in the four walls of their home, they are also believers. Their parents are also believers, wherever they are. And if their parents are not believers also, they still have to be respected. Not followed, but respected still. As parents. So Allah says they are very humble with the believers. And they are firm on the disbelievers. Firm on the disbelievers, they don't compromise their ways for somebody else's ways that are contradictory to the ways that Allah Ta'ala has given which Rasulullah has presented to the Ummah they don't compromise on that they stand firm on their deen this is Allah Ta'ala says are the people of Muhammad so in any case there's many other details in this time has passed the lesson for us is that this is the crucial aspect that we have to make every effort to protect our iman, protect the iman of our children. We are not living in times bygone where things were much more safe, things were secure to a point. A person wasn't exposed to so much of risk. Now the risks have not just doubled and trebled, they've gone hundreds of times greater. When risks are very high, people have to become super cautious. There was a time when most homes what Durban was like where I grew up there was barely a home with a boundary wall barely a home with a boundary wall at the most there were some small little fences which you could hop over without even trying hard like something like a, just a demarcation like almost like a half meter like a fence and that was generally the case probably you walked from one end to the other end there was never a home going back 40 years ago or more or maybe even a little lesser than that too not a single home you'll find with a boundary wall illa mashallah an odd one somewhere and now there's probably not a home without a boundary wall so what has happened why this changed going back in that time alarm in a home wasn't heard of wasn't unheard and on top of that, a guard outside a house, that, that was something, if it happened, it was like a super unique thing. Outside a house, a guard, but now, so now what has changed? Why all this change? 
because the risks were very high. Risk to what? Risk to life, risk to property, risk to material possessions. The risks became very high. So now every house has got a boundary wall, high boundary wall. And not just a boundary wall, if there's a little bit more valuable things inside, there's an electric fence on that wall as well. And not just that electric fence, there's an alarm as well. And not just an alarm, there's armed response. One thing after the other fought, because the risks have gone very high. So the risks went very high, so all this layer upon layer of security. Now the risks against Iman are gone so high, and more and more lax. Then everything goes, everything goes. I just can go and roam around anywhere, any kind of environment. Everybody is enjoying themselves. How can I get left out? Fine. Anything can be watched, anything can be read, anything can be done. Because it's, no, it's an open world. So now when the risk became high to life and wealth, and property, and material possessions, then the security measures went ten times higher. And when the risk came high to Iman, we became more lax We have to become extremely cautious, extremely conscious, and make every effort to protect our own Iman, the Iman of our children, bring the Sunnah alive in our home, keep up the Talim in our homes, and make an effort on our environment, surroundings as well, so that we be protect, protected and everybody be protected. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, keep us steadfast on Iman, take us on perfect Iman, raise us on the day of Qiyamah with perfect Iman. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Make zikr for a few minutes in the night. وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهل لا اله الا الله لا اله الا الله La ilaha illallah 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 la ila
ஹலாம் <laughs> ரபனாஸ்லிமீன் ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد اذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمه انك انت الوهاب ربنا انك جامع الناس ليوم لا ريب فيه ان الله لا يخلف الميعاد اله العالمين يا الله most merciful most gracious most kind most loving الله اله العالمين يا الله فوجيف اس يا الله يا الله فوجيف اس يا الله فوجيف اول هو بيجي مايدس يا الله فوجيف اول فاميليز يا الله فوجيف اول فريندز اند ريليتيفز يا الله forgive the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam allahumma ighfir li ummati sayyidina muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wasallam allahumma arham ummata sayyidina muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wasallam allahumma ahdi ummata sayyidina muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wasallam allahumma farrijil quraba an ummati sayyidina muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul alamin ya allah it is only your grace your mercy your kindness ya allah Allah you bless us this with this wealth of iman ya Allah Allah you keep us steadfast on iman ya Allah keep us steadfast on iman ya Allah Allahumma thabbitna ala al-iman wa abitna ala al-iman wa ahshurna yawm al-qiyamati ma'a al-iman ilahul alamin ya Allah keep us on perfect iman ya Allah grant us perfect iman ya Allah and take us on perfect iman ya Allah ilahul alamin save us from all the attacks on iman ya Allah ya Allah save our iman from all the attacks that are coming from every direction ya Allah Ilahul alamin keep the iman of our progeny safe ya Allah Ilahul alamin ya Allah the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya Allah protect each one iman and amal ya Allah protect the life wealth and honor of every muslim ya Allah Ilahul alamin ya Allah and all those who are plotting and planning against Islam and the muslims ya Allah Allah you make their schemes fail ya Allah you turn their schemes against them ya Allah Ilahul alamin ya Allah Allah you grant us the tawfiq of following in the mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah enable us to love his mubarak sunnah ya Allah enable us to love his mubarak sunnah ya Allah Allah save us from the ways of the yahud and nasara ya Allah save us from the ways of the yahud and nasara ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah grant us istiqamat ad-deen ya Allah ilahul alamin all those are sick give them shifa kamila ajila mustamira daima and remove every trace of their ailments ya Allah and whatever problem and difficulty anybody is experiencing allow out of your grace and mercy is it ya Allah remove the difficulties and hardships ya Allah Allah grant barakah 
to each what Allah, that barakat in each what rizq Allah, that is halal and tayyib rizq Allah, save us from every drop and grain of haram ya Allah, ilahul alameen ya Allah, Allah save us from every level of apostasy ya Allah, Allah save us from all the zihni irtidad ya Allah, ilahul alameen, enable us to wholeheartedly submit to everything you have given ya Allah, to everything that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is taught ya Allah, ilahul alameen ya Allah, Allah purify our hearts from the influences of the ways of the West ya Allah, from the influences of the kuffar ya Allah, the influences of the Yahud and Nasara ya Allah, from the influences of those who are trying to harm Islam in the Muslims, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, Allah, you grant us the tawfiq of Ya Allah, doing all that which pleases you, Ya Allah, save us from everything that displeases you, Ya Allah, Allah, keep our eyes safe from all the haram and filth, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you protect our tongues, Ya Allah, protect our hands and feet, Ya Allah, protect our hearts, Ya Allah, keep our hearts filled with your remembrance, Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah, make us among the Ahlul Muhabba, Ya Allah, Make us among the Ahlul Muhabba, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Make us among your Ushaq, Ya Allah. Make us among those who love you intensely, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make your love greater than everything in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, more than the love we have for our own lives, Ya Allah. For our families, Ya Allah. For anyone and everyone, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make your love dominant over everything in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you guide us, Ya Allah. You protect us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who asked us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands to them, Duha, Ilahul Alameen, fulfill each one's jayas needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant every khair and barakat to each one, Ya Allah. Allah, our greatest need is to become yours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make us all yours, Ya Allah. Allah, make us yours and become ours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, keep each one steadfast on Iman till the last breath, Ya Allah. Take us on perfect Iman, Ya Allah. Raise us on the day of Qiyamah with perfect Iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all the things we have asked for, Allah, out of your grace and blessing, Ya Allah, bless it to us, Ya Allah. What we have not asked for and should have been asking, Ya Allah, out of your grace and mercy, grant us that as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله